from Tally to Cali. It's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, practice observations and giving you some winners, hopefully, for your picks for the week. Corey and I start our weekly competition now. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. CP, tallybar.com. CP, because it's called Corner Pocket, tallybar.com. Check out the website. Lunch specials every single day of the week, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, it is Wednesday. Go get you a pressed ham and Swiss sandwich, everybody. Grilled and caramelized ham topped with melted Swiss, pressed and toasted to perfection, served with horsey sauce and pickles. Kind of like a quasi-Cuban, Corey's called it once or twice on this program. Right, Corey? Correct. It's their version of a Cuban. It's it's missing something, though. I forget what all's in a Cuban, but it's missing one little ingredient. Might be a big ingredient. Well, I'm not the, sure. The roast pork. I mean, I guess. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's a big ingredient, but still, it's awesome. It's really good. It's better than any Cuban I've ever had, even though it's not a Cuban. That's right. And then tomorrow, Thursday night bingo starts at 7 o'clock. Test your bingo skills, win drinks and prizes. Live music Friday, we think, Corey, before or after, I'm sorry, rather after uh, the live show with you and Jeff Cameron. I don't think so. Okay, good, um, cool. We so we're, we're not opening for anyone this time. It's just going to be Jeff and I uh, straight, just killing it for an hour. Okay. Pre-game show at Hotel Indigo, War Chant Game Day, presented by Zaxby's. That will start at 10 a.m., one-hour pregame show, 10 to 11. Head over there. You don't want to set up a tailgate at noon for a Georgia Tech game. <laughs> show up, drink, eat, yep. watch Jeff and Tom break it down, let you know what the game's going to uh, end up being. 24 points right now. It swelled up to Florida State's a favorite, Corey. 24 points. We're back. When was the last time they were a favorite like that over an ACC team? I don't. I mean. Could you harbor a guess? 16? Could right? I, I, could, I could maybe hazard a guess. Golly. Come on, game. Come on, Corey. I did that as a joke this time. Oh, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna tell, Well, I didn't, but I'm going to. I should have passed it off like I did. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you can't even hazard a guess. I would say 16 was the last time they were that I big a favorite in an ACC know. game. I like Duke. Come on, Ooh, Duke. Maybe Duke COVID year. I mean, Florida State couldn't have been favored no, by that much against anyone no, in the COVID year. No. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, that's that's crazy. That Again, so um, uh, Brent Key came out on uh, on Tuesday. He met with the media, the Georgia Tech interim coach, who might end up getting the job. Who knows? Um, and he said that Jeff Sims has a sprained foot. But then he also said that two other quarterbacks will definitely play in that game. Hmm. He said uh, they're both Zach. There's a freshman that hasn't played at all this season, but his first name's Zach. And then the backup that played on Thursday night, he said both Zachs will get into the game. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth, folks. I think Zach Gibson might be the guy that uh, got thrown in there against the Hoos. Yeah, Gibson was the back is the backup quarterback that ran out of bounds with uh, with with no time left on the clock instead of throwing a ball. Um, so that wasn't great. And then the other kid I think has been hurt all year, but it's now and I guess you can't burn his red shirt anyway because they only got four games left, so he might get a look too. He's a ginger. His name is Zach Pyron, six three two thirteen. Okay, all right. Uh, from Pinson, right. Alabama, Pinson Valley. That's actually a pretty solid program, man. Okay, he's a true freshman, right? He looks like it. Yep, okay. looks like All it. Right. So. All right. So he, uh, Brent Key, at least acted like 
that both of those guys will play um, on Saturday. All right, maybe we'll get. Do you think we'll get some some insight from Chris Winky when we speak to him later today? I don't know that the whole premise of that setup for the Zoom is to ask him about his quarterbacks. <laughs> I think it's more about like. Uh, you know, his time at Florida State and the last time he was in Doak and all that. I, do, I assume he was, he's was he been here like we talked about. for Maybe he came in the spring for one of those flag football things they would do at halftime. Yeah. But the last game that he was here for where he was competing in one way or the other was the 2000 Florida game. Oh, yeah. Which basically wrapped up the Heisman for him. Uh-huh. Um, and that was, a, that was a cool game. Snoop Menace had a huge game. I think he yeah. hit Atrus Bell for a touchdown early in that game. And it, got, it sent Florida State to the... Uh, the national championship game where they lost to Oklahoma. We don't like to talk about that game around here. Sorry. Sorry. Zach Gibson graded out at 51.5, which shockingly bigger. If you would have given me 51.5 as the over-under, I would have said uh, under. Way under. Yeah. Way under. Um, crazy thing, though, is Florida State's 4-3. and three. They are 2-3 and three in conference. Georgia Tech is 3-4. and four. They, too, if I'm not mistaken, are two and three and are in sole possession of second place in the Coastal. Mm. And they're a 23-point underdog. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. 24, you said. 24, sorry. Sorry, 24, yeah. correct. 24 is correct. That is the number. Practice on Tuesday looked all right. They're playing Georgia Tech. I'm not too concerned about it. They look, there, was, there was good moments, mostly good. Nothing really bad, per se. Uh, Trey Benson, really nice catch. They were outside doing a little 11-on-11. 11 11. They put a backer on him. I think I'm going to ask Mike Norvell about how he, how he just gets dudes so open out of the backfield. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but it looked like Jordan actually overthrew Trey. But, man, Trey, with a great effort, kind of stayed on his feet, lunged with one hand, and tipped it to himself, kept it alive, made a catch. It was it was a thing of beauty. Kentron caught a ball from Jordan that was just absolutely beautifully placed. I mean, just the trajectory on it just landed right, ran the bread basket for him. Over coverage, he had two really good catches. Kentron, um, defensively, nothing really stood out all that much. Maybe, maybe the red zone stuff they did in period three. So period three, everybody, as we've talked about, that's like the first team period they'll do. They'll go eleven on eleven. It's usually some kind of scenario. It's a situational drill where it's eleven on eleven. Usually they'll they'll start with the ball in their own thirty-five. They'll be you know down two. They got to get into field goal range. But since they've been struggling in the red zone, one hundred ninth in the country out of one hundred thirty-one mm-hmm. teams. Uh, period three was devoted to strictly kind of like a red zone type moment. I don't know if they were actually on the 20, but they were actually either on the 20 or further in. Uh, I didn't see the first rep, but I think G, or I'm sorry, Ira said that uh, Jordan Travis scored, ran it in. Uh, but then the next, the next two kind of possessions, or at least I think it was three plays, uh, they held them to a field goal. So they, they stood firm, the defense. Uh, I don't know if they tried to go tunnel screen on one play to uh, a tight end. I thought they were they did some crosser with with uh, Johnny and another receiver. Defense did really 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 good job. Adam Fuller ran out and uh, was happy with his cornerbacks for picking up the uh, the switch. But uh, no touchdown throws or runs after the first one from Jordan. Defense did well. Kickers made both their kicks. They were twenty eight and I think twenty four were the field goals they hit in that drill. And then in the actual period that's devoted strictly to kicking field goals, they went a perfect four for four. Okay, so, all right. I would think, Corey, you're at the point now, if you're Mike Norvell, you know, I don't know how many guys start off with a clean slate here the second half of the season. You obviously have to, you know, what happened this these last seven games really, it was real life. It mattered. I, mean, I really think you can kind of go into this, especially starting off with Georgia Tech, a game that we do not probably, I don't foresee it coming down to field goals, but 
you could probably manage this and get your guys out there and see how they're going to kick it, man. Because as bad as Miami looks, I think the floor sale will probably be like, I don't know, five and a half, six point favorite, I think, against Miami. Um, and just you're probably going to have to make a field goal or two in that game. Maybe not in the fourth quarter, but it sure would be nice to maybe be up by seven or six and go up by nine or ten at some point in that game, be, be a two-possession game. I would think with the way they've performed in practice here, man, you can kind of go get back to managing Ryan Fitzgerald as a – you know, pretty decent kicker, 75-80% field goal kicker that he kind of was going into the season. Um, and I know that will obviously help out their red zone numbers, right, Corey? If they at least have a field goal guy, a kicker they can trust making something from 35 and in. Well, yeah, sure. I, it changes the whole complexion of how you call a, uh, a play on third and 11 or something. Like, you're not going to be too risky if you know you got three points automatically. But, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that you'll ever be – Unless he makes the last eight field goals of the season, I don't know that you'll ever go into a, a game thinking, "Okay, we're good. Uh, you, you know, we're we're good now. Uh, we we know we got a kicker that we can trust in the fourth quarter against Miami." Like it's such a completely different, you, you know, b making some kicks in the second half or the second quarter against Georgia Tech. I don't know that that means anything if you've got a six point lead in the fourth quarter against Miami. You know, and you're trying to put the game away. I just don't. And I'm not saying that's not – I don't. it doesn't mean anything about Ryan Fitzgerald. I don't know if it means anything about any kicker. So it'd be great to give him some confidence for sure. And it'd be great to see him have him watch some balls go through the middle of those two posts. But at the end of the day, until you do it in a moment like that, you haven't done it in a moment like that. So it's hard to, it's hard to think that that's going to happen. But, hey, man, there's nowhere to go but up, Fitzy. You're one for your last one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, State it was knows. a 47-yard bomb, yeah. and he made his extra points. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I think in this game, sure, it'd be nice to have him kick a couple field goals. It'd be better if he was kicking eight extra points. Fair. Let's get you eight extra Fair. points, Fitzy. That'll, that'll, get you, that'll get the blood flowing. That'll make, get you feeling good going into Miami. Yeah, even if you were to make two kicks against Georgia Tech, yeah, I don't know how, that, how much better that makes me feel about him kicking a 40-yarder in the fourth quarter against Miami. But certainly opening drive, you know, you, you do such a great job on it. Maybe if you do get stalled out on the 20 and it's fourth and five, I feel like, all right, man, let's, let's walk away with points on the first drive of the game down in Miami, 7.30 primetime game. Because uh, if he doesn't make your kicks against Georgia Tech, you're probably going into that – Miami game managing it the way you did against Clemson and NC State where it's like yeah we don't we don't have a kicker nope unless we absolutely have no other choice with time ending in the first half at that point yes yeah. so um, again yeah I don't, I don't think it'll be too much about clutchness in terms of what he can do in the fourth quarter against the Florida Miami but certainly yeah, I mean, I it would be good to get him just yeah you're right because any points are good early on in a game if you if you have a nice drive and you think about that NC State game instead of throwing on uh you know, I know Malik should have caught the ball and then Johnny Wilson should have caught the next one. But if you have a kicker you trust, wouldn't it have been nice to have a 3-0 lead right there? Just get those three points. And then, hey, man, now you've got a 20-3 to lead at halftime. And guess what, Aslan? You end up winning the game 20-19. to yeah. Those three points. The three points in the first quarter would have been mighty big um, in, in Raleigh. So it's not. you're right. It's not all about fourth quarter kicks. Every kick that he takes. There's going to be pressure on Ryan Fitzgerald every kick he takes for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because he's literally kicking for his job. He's kicking for his career at Florida State. If he struggles anymore at all, they're going to the portal. They might be going anyway, but they will definitely go to the portal if he struggles at all. So he knows his, his career at Florida State is on the line. So there's, there's a, a pretty enormous amount of pressure on that kid already. Um, hopefully he handles it well and uh, makes some kicks. 
I know you did a story earlier in the week about the red zone sort of stuff. I mean, were there any numbers that stood out? Or is there anything that you think has kind of been a common theme for why Florida State hasn't been nearly as efficient and effective in the red zone this year as they were last year, which was one of the things they could really hang their hat on and feel good about? Yeah, I mean, they finished. Uh, they were they finished with thirty two straight uh, conversions in the red zone last year. Most of them touchdowns, obviously, because Fitzgerald only kicked ten field goals. So most of them, I guess Grothouse kicked a few, but most of them were touchdowns. Um, this year, just, uh, you know, just I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, it started the very first, well, I guess LSU was the second game of the season. But going for the fade to Pittman instead of taking the three points, which I didn't mind it at the time. You, you, were, you, were, you were gifted that ball at the two-yard line or five-yard line or whatever. But it just seemed to cause like a waterfall of bad decisions and bad moments from... The fade to Pittman that didn't work, like you're throwing a fade to your short. I mean, I know he makes tough catches, but that was a bizarre, it's just a bizarre play. You needed two yards and you threw it in the end. Anyway, that was six weeks ago, Clark. Get it together. Quit lamenting that. Then, um, and then the, the, the pitch, the quick pitch to Treshawn Ward in that game, and those are two right away where you just completely melted down and it's just kind of gotten worse from there. And it also doesn't even take into account, Aslan, how many times they've gone for it on fourth down from like the 23? Or like, you know, Jordan Travis, the interception in Raleigh to end the game. That wasn't a red zone failure. That ball was at the 22. So that doesn't even count. Like they, if the red zone was from the 25 and in, it would be even worse. They might be the worst in the country. As far as what's gone wrong, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Is it just not having Deshaun Corbin? Because that's really the only difference. Between last year and this year, as far as red zone offense, that that kid was somebody that ran hard, uh, ran tough, and uh, they just you know they, he would get you some tough yards on third and three at the ten or you know third and goal from the one, and they just it hasn't really been there this year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's not there's no real you know Norvell said it was penalties and it was lack of ex you know it was basically mistakes at inopportune times, which is I know it's the truth, but it's also coach speak. There's no like one or two. Um, you know, could they be could they be a victim of their own success? Like, has has Jordan looked so good throwing the ball that maybe when they do get close, it no longer is like this real sort of dedication and focus on running the ball well when they get in there. It's kind of like, yeah, we got him and we got fourteen. We can probably bail out. I don't. I think that's. I hadn't even thought about that until now. But yeah, because what they've done and and Iris brought this up. We talked about this last week after the Clemson game. When when Jordan, what we don't what we don't like about Jordan is when on fourth down he treats a fourth and two. Like it's third and, or it's like second and seven in the second quarter. Um, you've got to treat those plays with the magnitude that they deserve. But also, like a, a third and seven from the 10 yard line isn't the same as a third and seven from the 50. So, and it just feels like maybe they don't call, they don't, they call the game the same way they do when the ball's at the 50 as the ball at the seven. And it's just a different game inside the 10. And I, I don't understand, in my opinion, now that you say that, I don't understand what four wides from the seven-yard line just isn't going to work a lot, man, unless your quarterback is going to run it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what has to be exploited the rest of this season. If you get Jordan Travis at the five-yard line on a run-pass option on second down, not third down, on second down or first down, give him a run-pass option, and I'm not talking about an RPO. I'm talking about a bootleg, a, a rollout to the right, 
uh, some sort of draw, you know, draw even a quarterback draw. I just think that has to be implemented much more now that he should be as healthy as he's been since LSU. Um, I just think that's that's what needs to happen in the red zone. And I think, man, it's you know having a quarterback that can run inside the ten yard line is a huge weapon, man. Ask the Florida State defense with DJ. Uwe Ungalay. Uwe Come on, man. Probably don't have to say it again. I don't think we'll play. I think Clay Kublick will probably take over, right? And they're are they really going to ride with him? I'm telling you, man. I don't want to be anti ACC guy. Everybody, I don't. I don't. I think Clemson would get housed by Georgia or Ohio State or Alabama. Yes, I agree. I I, I do. I yes, I agree. I I think their offense, and that's what was so again what was so frustrating about that game. But we're past it. It's Georgia Tech week. We're on to, on to the jackets. But um, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's an average quarterback that's had a decent season. Um, but I think you saw what he was in that Syracuse game. I think you saw what he was in the first half against Boston College. I think you saw what he was in the first half against Georgia Tech. Not good. This other kid might be special. Who knows? He didn't look any. He didn't look great in that scenario against Syracuse. But that's a tough scenario to be thrown into. And uh, he might end up being awesome. But I think you know they're. Their defense is good, clearly, but, man, they're going to face an offense that can move the ball a little bit, and you have to match an Ohio State or, I guess, an Alabama maybe score for score with that kid. I just don't, I don't see it happening. I, I, think, um, I, I think they would get beat pretty convincingly in a playoff, but they certainly would deserve to get to a playoff if they, if they go undefeated. But, yeah, I think if you're thinking about the potential of this Clemson team, I, I, don't, I don't think you're reaching your ceiling with that kid at quarterback. Well, that, I don't think they got the time to get that kid broken in, but I, I don't know, maybe next year when they go into their camp or whatever, that kid will be able to take over the job. But whatever, it's not Wake Up Tigers. Let's give out some winners, Corey. It is winning season, everybody. Head over to mybookie.ag. Put your winners in. You pick winners every single week. You're not getting paid, though. you got to go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WARCHANT, and your deposit will instantly be matched dollar for dollar right instantly there uh, for your viewing and enjoyment gaming pleasure use the promo code warchant over at my bookie we're gonna do three games each we'll keep tabs on from here on we got enough data Corey. we know what's going on mm. out there okay um my three i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with michigan state they're they're getting 23 points on the road in ann arbor against my guy jim harbaugh my children are fighting melon jim uh he'll keep it close enough man 23 that's a lot of points to give uh nebraska coming off a bye week i think they're getting seven and a half at home uh, against illinois by the way, the Michigan State game is at Ann Arbor. Arbor. Uh, Nebraska is catching seven and a half at home versus Illinois. Maybe Illinois is getting a little too big for their britches. Mickey Joseph's got the Huskers believe in. They'll keep that close. And then Wake. Wake's giving four at Louisville. Um, in Wake, we trust. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Dave Clawson guy. I think Wake will cover that easily. What are your three picks? Well, yeah, you took one of mine. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, so we're going to go with it. So we're only going two. To, we're, we have two uh, okay. different ones this time because I was going to take Wake, too. Man, Penn State, I know, is not nearly as good as Ohio State. I get it. Ohio State puts up a ton of points on everyone. They have a great offense. But Penn State getting 16 at home, that's just a huge number. And Penn State's a decent team. They have some pretty good players. Man, I'm taking Virginia. Virginia is a home underdog to Miami. How is that a thing? Like, how is that? If you watch those two teams play on this past week, how Miami's gonna be playing a backup quarterback on the road in Virginia? I think their defense is salty, man, and a, a bonus one. Uh-oh. Just because it's who I am by nature, 
This um, doesn't count in the official standings. This doesn't count. Heads up, yeah. But Florida's getting 22 and a half. That seems like a crazy high number, man. Georgia has had some rough moments. That game is always weird. It's not like Georgia typically goes down there and dominates that team. So here's my two options for you. You can either take the Gators plus 22 and a half, which is a much safer pick, or just put, I don't know, man, $100 on the money line. Florida pulls off the upset of the year. Bet $100, you're going to win $1,400, folks, on a $100 bet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So those are my those are my picks. Mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. The whole Miami thing, it's crazy, Corey, because it, it was revealed like Tuesday, or sorry, yeah, Tuesday afternoon that Van Dyke is going to be out and Garcia's in, but the line that we're, we just used there from my bookie that's with that news baked in, man. There, Miami is still somehow a two-point favorite. Um, man, that's that's crazy to think. And is there any look ahead you think possible for Florida State? I I think Mike Norville does a really good job of keeping everybody focused. I think one of the, I think Derek McClendon was asked about that, and I think I gave a pretty you know convincing answer. Um, I know this program isn't a place to start you know looking yeah. past opponents. I mean that might the be your answer game. there, but. I mean, you know, you're a 23-point favorite against, or 24 again, 24 as long, 24 against Georgia State. Any any concern that Florida State could be looking past Tech and, and focusing on Miami? No, uh, no. Okay. Uh, only because they're coming off a bye and it's a three-game losing streak. If they were 7-0, and hmm. I'd be like, yeah, Pure man, they, they could be looking ahead, but no, you're 4-3 and three and you've lost three in a row. How, how could you possibly dare look past? I mean, you got to win here in front of you if you play well. If you look past it, who what? Who are you to look past anybody? Talking to you, Florida State players. Love you. Love you guys are good players. You play hard. You haven't accomplished much of anything in your college careers. So you don't need to be looking past and what are you even looking? It's not like it's the game of the century waiting next weekend. One verse two, high noon in the Orange Bowl. Oh uh, man, it's gonna be two a five and three team and like a three and five team. So no, they better not be uh looking past anyone. And I think you buried the lead, Aslan. We haven't talked about it all. We've talked about this kid a lot. 
Um, but you got to see Fabian out at practice. Ah. Right? Yeah. So um, you're bullish. I'm going to guess that you're uh, bullish that he's going to be playing on Saturday. Maybe not. I, he was there, but dot, dot, dot. Uh, you know, we can't maybe jump too much into it. Don't want to get in trouble. Although, what are they going to do? Not let me come to practice and I get to sleep in two more days out of the week? Yeah, but we, Joke's we on observed you, it. We, we wrote about it on our message boards. He had a one-on-one uh opportunity against one i can't even remember who the lineman was that he maybe a manual yeah and he whipped him pretty darn convincingly yeah i mean he, there's video of him practicing i mean it's up on the website check it out everybody he he does look he looks good to me man and if he feels fine absolutely i i still think i think we all agree he'll be on some kind of pitch count but there were there were moments in that practice where he was off to the side doing some kind of individual work but that could obviously yeah. just be them managing his injury getting his body back and uh, you know, game shape, you know, kind of easing him into things. Um, I, yeah, I do feel good. Again, I think him being on the on the Coop show on Monday was also a really good sign. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he came and hung out and, and talked about things. He almost slipped up and said that he got surgery, um, which that's crazy. Well, Papuchas did say he had did surgery. He? So, yeah, right. yeah, he said that on Monday. So, yes, he's coming off some sort of surgery slash procedure um, from, I guess, right after the LSU game. So, this was the timetable. Like, I think he thought maybe Clemson – so it was a week, you know, they, they, I guess with a bye week coming right after Clemson, they decided to, you know, uh, be cautious with it. But yeah, man, I think it's on schedule since whatever that was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always thought, and I told people this a lot with other players, is when they start appearing in the one-on-one -on -one sections hmm. of our practice observations, yeah. that's a really good sign. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, Fabian Lovett did. Um, so I, I would be, uh, I w at this point, I would be, uh, I mean, literally, uh, not stunned. That's too strong. I would be very, very surprised if he didn't play at least some snaps on on Saturday. Hopefully, you don't have to play him for too many. Hopefully, you're not having to grind out a game in the fourth quarter against this bunch, which literally has uh, Georgia Tech. Even with Jeff Sims, by the way, um, was like I think the fourth worst offense in the Power Five in the country, mm. averaging like 16 points a game. Worse than like Jimbo? Huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're. I think they're at. Yeah, I think they're actually behind Jimbo. Uh -huh. I'm gonna look that up. Hold on a second. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Jimbo suspended three dudes, and apparently I think all of them were freshmen from this highly touted 2022 class that they bought. So that that's going great right now. Man, I need to I need to go talk to my guy, see how he's doing. As Corey looks that up, uh, we'll be wrapping up the show here. Only other thing, uh, I am starting to look at bowl projections. We can look at bowl projections. Florida State's got four wins. They just need two more. they got Georgia Tech Saturday. That should be five. And then Miami certainly looks very ripe now for the picking if not you got shots against syracuse louisiana and florida to get that sixth win uh, but we think they'll probably have way more than that right now one of the projections has florida state cbs sports playing utah in san diego for the holiday bowl december oh. 28th okay sign right. me up you'd be all over that Woo. you and i are gonna have a good old time Woo. out in san diego man that'd be awesome so yeah a&m is 109th in the country in scoring offense at 21.9 points per game at one checking in at 125, Georgia Tech has scored 12 touchdowns in seven games, um, 10 field goals too. Hey, 10 field goals. Uh, they are averaging a robust 16.1 points per game. The teams below them: Temple, New Mexico State, Iowa. Iowa has scored oh. 10 touchdowns, and I bet one of those was defensive, yeah, probably two. It definitely was. This past week, they scored a defensive touchdown against Iowa yeah. State. So, Iowa and Colorado 
are the only two other Power 5 teams in the country with worse offenses than Georgia Tech. So, literally, you need to be up by three scores, four scores in the fourth quarter, and you don't need to be having to play. And Fabian Lovett in the fourth quarter of this game. You need to. This is a bad offense that might not even have their starting quarterback. So, you need to take care of business. Yeah, Georgia Tech fired their coach. Colorado fired their coach as well. And that's that's crazy, man. That you know, there was no good way to ask it, but I I was hoping maybe Mike would give us some insight on it. But the, the chip long trajectory is just wild. Cause he went from Memphis, pretty sure that was his first offensive coordinator job. And from there he goes to Notre Dame. He's at Notre Dame for two years. They go to yeah. the playoff in one of those years, and then he ends up, I think, at Tulane maybe after that. Like you'd figure you go to Notre Dame, you help take them to the playoff. You're probably getting a head coaching job somewhere. Just didn't work out for him. And then he kind of clings on to this Georgia Tech job. Winky ends up there, too. Like, mm-hmm. not a good place to be right now. Uh, and Jeff Collins, man, he's a defensive-minded guy. That offense is what's holding him back, it sounds like. If you're dropping those kind of stats with them being that low, that's that's bizarre. And then you find yourself, you know, probably one knowing the AFCA convention is so you can go find another job somewhere. Crazy how it's that It's crazy works. that they're three and four with that, that kind of offense. Yeah. You know, it's crazy they're not one and six, but yeah, man, they're, that's uh, they're the uh, they're uh, the worst offense in the ACC. They're the worst offense that Florida State will see all season. Um, so yeah, they, Florida State needs to. It would be a very very bad sign if Georgia Tech comes out and I don't know gets two hundred and fifty yards in the first half. Oh my gosh! Yeah, can't have that. By the way, Virginia is one hundred twenty third in the country in scoring offense, and they've got an offensive guru and a really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver. How did you mess that up, Tony Elliott? Yeah, man. And the, yeah, the quarterback was you know, the most decorated one in the conference coming back. Yeah. Weird season, man. And you can't ever uh, you can't ever, can't ever account really for coaching changes, right? And what that means to a you just assume okay, new coach, but they got a really good quarterback and some players. They this should be seamless. And look at Miami, Wrong. man. And then look yeah. at Virginia. Like it it isn't always when you're changing systems. Sometimes it's hard, man. Like look at. I know it's not quite the same, but look at Francois in 16 and Francois in 18. Mm. Completely different player, man. Sometimes the, the system just isn't a match. It doesn't make sense. They haven't been running it a long time, and they really struggle. And, yeah, man, man, Boston College is one of the worst offenses. Boston College is 114 in the country. Virginia Tech is 115. Virginia is 123, and Georgia Tech is 125. Come on, ACC. We got to be better than this now. I, know, I thought we were the cradle of quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, buddy. I don't know what's going on. Would you rather go Holiday Bowl December 28th, San Diego, or Cheez-It Bowl, Orlando, December 29th, or Duke's Mayo Bowl December 30th, Charlotte? Oh, I'd rather do the the Orlando. It'd be the Orlando or San Diego because the weather's better. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to be in Charlotte around New Year's. Yeah, right now the projections got NC State playing the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and I think when all's said and done, we'll probably have a better record than they will, conference-wise too. I think. Well, you hope, man. If you win four of these next five, yeah. you, you should be eight and four. There's really no win again. I wrote about it. We've talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it. When you look how this schedule plays out with what Miami has with their backup quarterback and just the way they played overall. The way Florida has looked defensively, Louisiana sprinkled in there, and then this god-awful Georgia Tech offense um, at home after a bye, there's really no reason not to. You're going to be favored in four of these games. There's really no reason. Like It's almost like, to me, the floor is four wins out of these next five. Not like that's the worst they can do. That's the worst they should do without, being, without drawing some real animosity. 
Like if they go three and two or two and three with this five game stretch, that is a really, really bad sign about the direction of this program. In my two and three, I should say, is a yes, really bad stretch. Yes. Three and it's two you can really, live with as long as yeah. one of them is not floored. I, I think it'd be a really tough pill to swallow as bad as Miami is. And I don't even know how Florida might come off the bye week and look like gangbusters against Georgia. And we might be like, uh oh. But man, again, it's like that it's the last game. It's at home. Uh, you know, if you're if you're like seven and four going into that game, then you end up you know eight and four, you know you could be eight and four beating them, and you end up seven and five. You lose to them. Maybe they've got some recruiting momentum. Uh, that game obviously just carries so much weight, so yeah. much weight. Yep. Yep. Um, meanwhile, one game at a time, though, Aslan. Yeah. One right. game at a time. A uh, and M penciled in for the Birmingham Bowl against Georgia Southern. Oh. I was gonna say, uh, you know, who's had the the saddest fall from grace that's won a bcs national title I mean, it might be jimbo but then i always remember about less miles going to kansas and just being like a general weight on I, I actually uh went over just to do it i went over on a uh, free texas a&m message board <laughs> just to you know gander at the thoughts yeah. and uh yeah they're not they're not all that happy and their thoughts are what we all think is like they want him desperately um to get himself an offensive coordinator and you know somebody will come back in and say there's no chance yeah. He's not going to do it. He's he's not going to do it because he'd have to step back, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to step back. So, and it was not. Uh, I don't know what those kids did in the locker room to be suspended. Um, I think they're all the, freshmen, right? Am I? I mean, yes, the they the were. Story. Yeah, yeah. And two of them were Highly playing. Oh, like yeah. two of them were five stars. Another was a four star. One of the five stars and one of the four stars was actually starting to play a good bit, mm. and then uh, they got busted for something in the locker room. And uh, are suspended indefinitely, which is, again, it's just, it's not a good, it kind of reminds me of when, and we'll see if it works out like this for A&M, it, it would surprise me at this point, but like after um, the loss to Wake Forest in 2011, which was their third loss in a row, um, it was a gross loss, and then Florida State players were still on Twitter back then. They could oh. respond, and it got really ugly on Twitter oh. um, with people tweeting, with students tweeting it, like Greg Reed and people like that, and Greg Reed tweeting back. And um, that was a really ugly kind of down moment, and like there seemed like there was real turmoil in the program. And then, you know, obviously things ended up working out there uh, after that. But that was year two of Jimbo, not year five. I think yeah. that's, the, that's the difference. And some people on those message boards were thinking, man, you know, that they're, they're really worried about what the portal is going to look like in six weeks i'm less i'd be less worried about that and kids talking man like you start suspending these kids that are on the payroll they've you know i mean i know their their first inclination might be able to go into the transfer portal but maybe they strike back and like hey man maybe maybe people in indianapolis want to know why my mom's driving a, a lexus now and why i mean if they i mean sure because kids do dumb things all the time but that's not a great way to go find a good home that's when true. you leave a and m if you ever want to play football again, you don't need to be uh, biting the hand that gave you a million dollars because you're going to want more money from when you go to the next school, and that's they're not going to give you any money if you do that. Yeah, That's just me. That's a Georgia fan <laughs> um, remembering the basketball program getting suspended because Jim Herrick Jr. was such an idiot and literally wrote Tony Cole. Um, Personal he checks, gave him, But yeah, it, they were, yeah, they were checks. They were... Uh, they were they were like travelers checks or something. They were something so goofy. Like there was a legitimate paper trail for this horrible recruit that never was any good. That went to four different schools and he got Georgia put on probation when they're actually good at basketball. Because Jim Herrick Jr. didn't just give him cash, uh, gave him uh, you know checks like actual checks from his checkbook. 
incredible. Sprint over to WarChant.com. Post your question in the thread. Renegade Express will take those. That will be the Thursday show. Then we will be live Thursday night, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. What are you thinking, Corey? I'm thinking 6 right now, okay. but we'll see. We'll okay. see. I'm thinking 6. We, we might pivot, but right now I want to pencil okay. in 6 o'clock. Okay. Thursday night live show, YouTube. Corey and I taking your questions as well. So uh, we'll get to hear from all the people on these programs. Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock. We'll be back out of practice Wednesday morning. Check out warchant.com for full updates, video, interviews, uh, observations. It's only 10 bucks, everybody. Yep. $10. It's less than get three cents a day. Get on there. For a whole year of Corey's columns, a whole year of Iris 321, a whole year of recruiting. Um, it's incredible. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. I, I spent $8.07 on 18 eggs a week and a half ago. Mm. That only lasted me six days. Wow, you're an egg man, huh? Three eggs every single day, Corey. Three eggs. That's your protein, day. huh? It is in the morning. So I, I need my breakfast. I need my so breakfast. I think that's what I'm going to start doing because I don't, um, you know, I'm trying to build a little mass all right. with all these new muscles I have. And I feel like eggs is the way to go, right? For the best protein source. Yeah. Yeah. And the easiest, like the most like easily digestible of all the proteins out there for you, man. Just okay. Egg whites, man. Get How do you eat them? I mean, I just scramble. I scramble egg whites with a little bit of uh, shredded cheddar cheese in there. I mean, I, and okay. then like on the weekends, I'll go some, you know, I'll go with some over easy eggs and I'll put them like on a piece of toast with avocado. Uh, but otherwise, like Monday through Friday, just three scrambled egg whites, three extra large scrambled egg whites, a little bit of uh, melt, shredded cheddar cheese in there, piece of toast, half an avocado. I like it. I like it. Simple. All right, man. I'm going to be like swole. It. That's what we're I'm trying gonna look to look like uh, Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder. All right. Now we're talking. I'm going to be shredded. I like it. I like it. Yeah, second night to warchant.com. Again, 10 bucks entire year. I just got eggs for six days for 10 bucks pretty much. So <laughs> who's Good winning, job. everybody? Hopefully you are. Stay connected with us. We'll be back. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.